So we just went ahead and did it. I think you really need a firm belief to start something so big, irrespective of so many people being against it or bullying you about it. Uh, what were some of the problems that you also faced while starting the club? So I think there were a lot of challenges, especially administratively, because, you know, our college doesn't have the right amount of space and we were constantly fighting with another club to move or give us the space to practice yoga. So I think one of the biggest challenges was that it was either the conference room or the terrace. And the terrace is always taken by choice. So we kind of had to be like, please, please give us one hour in the middle. Please, like, you know, there was a lot of <laughs> kind of pleading to do. Early in the morning, we would come and we would be moving the chairs one at a time to make it like a yoga studio and then put it all back. So there was a lot of administrative challenge. I think also, secondly, the biggest thing was that a lot of teachers also couldn't understand. I mean, I'm sure now they do, but at that time, we had Pooja ma'am who was supporting us, but a lot of teachers also didn't see the importance. I remember in the third year, I was a little late with my research project and I was just, because I was doing a lot of sync work, I wanted to make sure the club lasted after me, so I was running around. And she was just like, you know, if, if this is the rate that you're going to go at, then why don't you just stay back in college and on sync with Pooja ma'am? So we would hear a lot of like, you know, comments like that. But I think um, what it taught us was just that fact of resilience. But on the whole, kind of gave us the power to really do what we believe in. If you have the determination, nothing's going to stop you from doing what you want to do. Yeah. Although there might be some tears and heartache, but you can make it. <laughs> That's all right. As long as the result is good. What are some of the common stereotypes that people have told you about yoga? And can you debunk them? Yoga is one of the most misunderstood philosophies. The reason being that there's been a lot of westernization of the practice. I think it's a natural byproduct of anything being exported and reaching a different civilization, it will transform. The only thing that's a little unfortunate is that there's this overemphasis on the asanas, on how flexible you are, how good you are at yoga. And I have to constantly explain to people that there is no good and bad. I mean, if it's a journey of self-discovery, it can't really be good or bad. There's this whole uh, idea of yoga being a flexibility challenge. And that really gets to me because I'm just saying, it doesn't matter. There's this whole myth about only women do yoga, which is which is insane. To any boys listening, please don't, don't believe this thing about yoga is for women. It's for everyone. So yeah, those are some of the pertinent myths. Okay, thank you so much, Anita. This is all from my side. Jasmine will be coming on after a short break. When the days are cold and the cards all fold and the saints we see are all made of gold. When your dreams all fail and the wounds we hail are the worst of all and the bloods run stale. I wanna hide the truth, I wanna shelter you, but with the there's nowhere we can hide No matter what we breathe We still are made of greed This is my kingdom come This is my kingdom come When you pull my heat Look into my eyes It's where my demons hide It's where my demons hide Don't get too close It's dark inside So uh, I know that you're an ex-student of HR college. So what are some of your best memories of HR? 
Dude, there's so many. I mean, I think the food is definitely one of them. So actually, in fact, Simon, who is Jezreen's sister, you guys, and we used to both uh, constantly be eating, say, puri juice. We would go across to Raju and eat uh, garlic bread. So we had a lot of great memories food-wise. But I would also say that being the festivals were definitely a, a highlight for me. And being part of BMS, we did a lot of tsunami and talash. And I was CL for tsunami in my second year. So that was a, a brilliant memory for me because... You know, through all those all-nighters, you made some of the best friendships. You learned so much about different working styles. Even though some people think, hey, it's just a fest, yeah, what's the big deal? I think it teaches you so much about how you would work in the real world. Because there's different types of people. There's this unimaginably tight deadline and it all has to get done. Some of my best memories are also to do with actually just the teachers, you know. Not that I attended every single lecture, I'm going to be very honest. But uh, the ones that I did attend, I know that I learned a lot. I think just taking part in all of these events just made such a well-rounded personality of everyone who took part. Jessie, Kayana and I really got close during the festivals. I remember me and Kayana were CLs for Talash last year. It was so much fun. At that moment, we were like, I, I can't wait for this to get over because we hadn't <laughs> got sleep nor eating. When it got over, I was like, what do I do with my life? <laughs> you wake up and you're like, oh. <laughs> Simone and I also, I think we became really close in the the first year that we did Tsunami and I mean we're still like best friends Simone and I were putting props into a tempo so that we could sit in the tempo and go to Lala College and I hadn't eaten the whole day and she had she'd been eating because she took good care of herself but she was like you haven't eaten what are you doing and she was feeding me on the street like in the middle of the road because I haven't eaten since the morning uh, we are all in our third year and most of us are really confused as to what we want to do we don't know if you want to do a master's and an MBA of course I know that you went to London after HR so tell us about your experience when you're at the cusp of leaving and also at being at the top of college you're kind of just like what next so the thought process that I had was that I just want to finish my academic. I don't want to go back and forth, like work and then do academics. And I took that decision to just finish my GRE, finish all those exams and immediately go for my master's. It gave me the time to tap into what I enjoy. And London was a life-changing year for me. When I went to London, there was, there was no boundary, you know, you could just do whatever you wanted. And that gave me the time to explore modeling, uh, marketing, what do I want to do next? I know that it's hard for you guys to figure out what you want to do. A good route to take would be to just finish studying and then you have all this time to just then work on what you really enjoy. That's the best advice anyone has given us all year. How different was it studying in London as compared to India? So with India, you know, we have this heavy emphasis on academic. But I would say in, in London, the educational system was more focused on who do you want to be? What do you want to do? Okay, if this subject isn't working for you, is there a different one that might align? So it's more inside out as compared to outside in kind of the way India is. In London, I kind of really learned to self-explore rather than just do the cards that have been dealt to me because of the college and the way it exists and I think secondly in London um, just living on your own actually is a whole experience so um, looking at your Instagram because I follow you I know that you're a model so how did you get into that to be honest I never really thought I would take to modeling towards the end of my second year one of my favorite photographers all-time favorites she had a contest on Instagram actually where she said that you know you just post a picture with certain hashtags and she would pick out one winner who got a model for her next shoot and I was like let me just apply like who knows you know this might just work out so I actually did win that contest and I think that's where it started you know I just realized that it's not just standing actually you're telling a story now we'll be taking a short break 
the upcoming song is a cover of Lucas Graham's Seven Years, sung by an extremely talented young artist who is also currently a student of our very own college, Danish Dumasia. I always had that dream like my daddy before me So I started writing songs, I started writing stories Something about that glory just always seemed to bore me Cause only those I really love will never really know me Once I was 20 years old, my story got told Before the morning sun when life was lonely Once I was 20 years old see my goals I don't believe in failure cause I know the smallest voices they can make it major I got my boys with me at least those in favor and if you don't meet before I leave I hope I see you later once I was 20 years old my story got told I was so Anvita we know that you were selected for MTV supermodel of the year tell us a little more about it yeah, I think uh, for me, I'd just come back from London. I knew I wanted to be self-employed, so I was kind of just doing a bunch of different projects. And Supermodel of the Year, honestly, it just happened. I wasn't intending for it. I was auditioning for different advertisements, actually. And I saw on this website called FTC Talent, there was this advert for MTV Supermodel. Again, I, like, I'm this kind of person. I think it's a long shot, but I apply anyway, and then somehow it works out. So they wrote back, and they were just like, you know, we really liked your profile, and we'd like to do an interview. The show was in the next two days and they were just like, wow. and they said, our producers want to do an interview with you and everything. So are you free? And then we did like a one hour long interview on Monday night and it was, it was English, Hindi, everything. I think they were checking how, how I speak. And then that's it. After half an hour, I got a call back saying, oh, so you've been locked in for the show. And I was like, wait, what? I just gave the interview like a conversation. I wasn't thinking of anything. So I was like, okay, wait, I need to ask my parents. <laughs> we had to think about do I want to enter the industry through that? Because for me, it was it was also a reality show at the end of the day. And I think what I liked about that show, it spoke about how they didn't want models. They wanted women who could be role models. And I mean, I learned some of the toughest and the best lessons of life from that show. I think our resilience really shines through in this story. Sometimes, you know, we shut ourselves from opportunities because we think that it will not happen. And so we don't even do it. You were working at Cult as a yoga instructor. How was the experience? And everything happened very rapidly for me. So as we were discussing earlier, sync was always my passion. So yoga was definitely on the charts for me. So I moved to Bangalore to uh, film and work with Cult. And it was a great experience. I had to relearn how to be in front of the camera. It taught me a lot of clarity. That's what it did. What is the one thing you wish you knew before starting out with your career? I wish I knew that it's not a straight line. So I'm very high on optimism and I just expect optimism to translate in my work as well. Being on Supermodel of the Year, that really taught me that, yo, you could start on like this fantastic platform and still have some amount of failures. In terms of tasks and points, I didn't do well on the show. In fact, I don't even go when we go to amusement parks I don't even like sitting on the rides I, I don't like it so the whole um, show was basically based on that kind of stuff and it didn't really work for me I was in the first set of people to get eliminated and at that time it was kind of heartbreaking what I would tell myself is that you know you can sometimes put your best foot forward and it may still not work and then you have to go back and see what did I not do the best or what can I still improve 
and you have to be okay with that because you can't really let failure knock you down and then keep you there anita we need to speak to you like every time we have a mental breakdown i really think it's an awesome quality because normally people will be like uh, i can't do it so i'm just like not going to try no but genuinely like not everyone can be like this it has to like come from within you can't just be like oh i want to be optimistic like it won't happen yeah. if you were in our shoes what is the one question you would like to ask yourself that we didn't since we were talking about this i think i would probably ask myself has there ever been a low point in your life that you couldn't recover from so anvika i'm going to ask you the question <laughs> okay fine it's definitely supermodel of the year to be very honest i think last week only i had a very random breakdown at dinner where i was just eating <laughs> i was just telling my mom Ma, I don't know if I'm good enough, and she's like, "What happened?" And then I just started crying, and this is very rare. Even though it's actually it's been almost exactly a year since that show, but I think it is difficult for me to accept that fully failed. And some, in fact, sometimes I say weird things like, "You know, what task they made me do? I'll one day I'll recreate that task, and I'll try and do it again and again till it happens." Also, I feel like it's a really small part of your life, like one zip line. I'm not hard on myself like that. Like I'll always be like, "Arey, but why? Why? Why didn't it happen?" I feel like how much you've achieved surely like precedes those minor regrets. So it's okay. Doesn't yeah, work. and also imagine if you, if this was like someone else and you were speaking to that someone else. I'm yeah. pretty sure you'd be like, "It's okay. Like it's just one thing." <laughs> I'm sure you can make uh, like posing in a in the train also look good. So it's chill. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, Anvita, I am the supermodel of the year because I saw an episode. You were rapping. Do you want to do a little bit for us? Okay, fine. Now, Jazzy, asking me like, do you want to do? <laughs> Born and raised as a yoga prodigy, to do spiritual service through Indian psychology, to spark a revolution through yoga philosophy under the lights and the camera, and even my speaking tree. India's birthright and service to humanity. Dancing yoga myths told through cultural hegemony, but also staying true to the spirit inside of me. Dancing, rapping, acting to the tunes of yoga theory did everything to make my parents proud of me. Came back to the homeland because it made me who I am. Back to the basics, Swami Ji said to me, "Yoga is your true dharma. Now live out your real karma." Whatever you said, like everything was covered. Yeah, like it's actually you. And you speak so clearly. So even when it's rapping, you can understand it. Now we'll be moving on to the rapid fire section. What is the one thing that annoys you the most? Inconsistency. Where is the worst place you could get stuck? Traffic jam. What is the best advantage of being tall? I think genuinely ramp walks. What fashion trend do you just not get? Rocks. What is one of the things you would put on your bucket list? Jumping off an airplane. Uh, what is one of your weirdest quirks? I can touch my uh, nose with my tongue. What is the last book you read? This book called The Renaissance in India. What's the best thing that happened to you this month? I finally started taking classes in my home studio. Okay, so this is the end of our podcast. Thank you so much, Anita. We really had a fun time speaking with you. Thank you so much. We had an awesome time. It was really fun. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much. I think I really enjoyed myself, especially because I got to do a lot of reflecting while speaking to you all. So thank you for giving me that space to reflect and introspect so much. Thank you for listening in. and stay tuned for our next episode